0: You are locked on mizzou your daily podcast on the missouri tigers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hey you true sons and daughters i'm john miller your mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off your next order. And well, good news is Missouri an 81-68 victory over the Arkansas Razorbacks in Bud Walton Arena yesterday, and to discuss it with me today, my good buddy Blake Stark, who was chomping at the bit to get on the microphone and texted me last night, was wanting to get on the show. So, Blake, what are your takeaways from this Nice Tiger
1: victory? I think it's, we haven't talked basketball for a long time. I haven't haven't been on a basketball show for a while, so I was excited to get in. And this team, obviously, is is exciting. Um, That game yesterday, you know, the 13-point margin of victory on the road at Bud Walton, you would take that. Any day, especially against an undefeated Arkansas team that was—I mean—they were really playing them up in the pregame, you know. Sure, first time nine and since they won the title, and right, yada yada yada. But I guess. You know, 9-0 and not ranked must not have been the sure. murderer's row that they've faced so Definitely far.
0: Definitely not. Yeah, I, I don't know who their uh, most significant opponent would have been before that. because I mean, it may have been Tulsa, except that game, Frank Haith's Tulsa squad, that game got postponed. So, other than that, was Oral Roberts their best opponent? Beat them by 11? I mean, just not a lot of uh, – well, I guess they did start off SEC play with a 97-85 Victory over Auburn. So there you go. There's yeah, I mean, their best victory down there.
1: But You come out and almost score 100 in your first conference game. That's a good start to the That's conference season. That's impressive, for sure. Hey, Would we score 50 against Tennessee or something like that? So, right. So they had to have a little bit of confidence from that. But um, So anyway, the 13-point margin of victory is, is great. But then you look at exactly how we got there, and, man, it could have been a 25- or a 30-point victory, it felt like to me. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff that we I felt like we left on the table. Um, obviously, we didn't shoot free throws like we normally do particularly in the first half, we uh, were shooting poorly from the line and let them stay close. And then the, right. tur- the turnovers were weird. And I, I saw something actually where Xavier Pinson said the ball was flat in the first half.
0: Yeah, I actually saw somebody reference that several players, a, a beat writer maybe for Arkansas, I, I apologize for not Having that handy, but yeah, somebody was referencing that on Twitter, and then after the game, like you said, Penson said, "Oh yeah, the ball was definitely flat," and they eventually they changed out the game ball at some point in the first half, I think. Cause so I, I can
1: think of one possession, kind of probably five or six minutes into the game, where Penson came down, and was dribbling, the ball just kind of fell out of his hands, yeah, and then there was a tussle for it, and we wound up with it, and they threw it to Mark, Mark Smith, and he took two dribbles, and it just flew out of his hands again. It was like, what's going on out there? Like a like a grease pig, but you can't you can't. Obviously, there were a lot of turnovers that weren't the balls' fart fault, <laughs> the um, balls
0: or the balls' fault. Yeah, neither yeah.
1: one. Um, but there were some some uncharacteristically rushed passes. I thought, particularly Drew Smith, lately. To me, he last year he was such a rock and he was so steady all the time, and his decision making seemed like it was very good. And I I kind of wonder, and I mean this is pure speculation on my part, but the team is playing a lot faster, and I don't know is, is Drew Smith not accustomed to playing that fast? Because it seems to me like he's leading the team in fouls, and he's he doesn't seem as comfortable offensively he's making some weird decisions passing the ball um you did shoot better yesterday but i just i've noticed the last it seems to me like the last three or so games where the offense hasn't been where it was early on in the season it seems like drew smith has been not as consistent and not not the guy that we've seen him be you know, since he's been starting from a zoo.
0: Yeah, I almost think I honestly think he needs the ball in his hands maybe a little bit more in the half court. But yeah, you know, the whole team definitely had the fumbleitis for sure to start the game. And, you know, Drew Smith has looked a little bit discombobulated the last couple games for sure. And I, I don't know that I have a great answer for that offensively. But you know, I really praised after the Illinois game, I praised his his intelligence as a player, especially defensively. But quite honestly at this point, He's, one thing he's got to do better at and be smarter about is reaching. He's, he just reaches in far too often, and like you say, he's leading the team in fouls right now, I do believe, because of that. I mean, he's certainly been in foul trouble a lot more than Jeremiah Tillman has been in this year, for instance. So, yeah, to me, just a little bit too aggressive defensively at times and, I don't know, maybe almost too passive on offense. I don't know. He needs to find a little bit of a balance there, and I tend to think that he will.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I was watching it with my buddy Josh Smith yesterday, and he said the same thing as I'm not worried about Drew, and I'm not worried about him long-term either, but, you know, we have to win these games now. So, I, you know, I'd like to have – you know, in a perfect world, I'd like to have the Drew that we saw last year playing for us now. I, defensively, it seemed like – I don't know that he gets caught reaching as much to me as, like, he's bodying people. Like, his first foul he got in, like, five seconds into the game yesterday, he, like, checked the guy into the, into the baseline or – or maybe he's just in his rotations or something. But I don't know. It's hard to fault the defense. You saw yesterday, the de- I mean, Tennessee shot the lights out. And some of that's, I mean, probably not our best defensive effort. But they were just making shots from all over the place. Right. In Arkansas, we had Arkansas frustrated yesterday. I mean, sure. The, the the perimeter pressure was there. And they had trouble when they got inside. And Tillman did a great job of being in the way. And so did Mitchell Smith and not fouling. A lot of the fouls were on, you know, Tiki like, 50-50 charge block calls, which yeah, boy. didn't really go our way. But. God,
0: the officiating was truly bizarre at yeah. times yesterday. Like I'm not even saying that it was worse for Missouri or anything like that. But, I mean, at one point, just for instance, I mean, Pinson – the most obvious shooting foul I've ever seen. They call, they ended up calling it on the floor. Yeah, I mean, I he was literally airborne and going up for a shot, and the guy was going, "Oh, point it on the floor." I mean, fortunately, it didn't matter. It was a one and one situation. He at the front end anyway. I, I think he made them both, but still, I was just there was a lot of those moments. Oh yeah, there, the foul when Mark Smith. Remember when he just kind of flailed out of control and basically just took this guy down by his neck, and they called that on Arkansas, too. I mean, the officiating was just absolutely horrendous and, frankly, made the game borderline unwatchable at times. Missouri had 29 fouls called on them, 26 for Arkansas. I mean, that was a brutal basketball game. It really was. By the way, 26.8% shooting for Arkansas in the game. That is the lowest number in the history of Bud Walton Arena. And that that goes all the way back to the mid 90s, early mid 90s when that arena was built, I'll take so. It. Incredible. But yeah, I mean, honestly, the thing about Arkansas is obviously they shoot a ton of three-pointers. They play with a lot of pace. But it just seemed like, man, when their three-pointers weren't going down, they just didn't really have much of an answer. They didn't have really much of a counterpunch. We've
1: been there before, haven't we? Yeah. Like last season?
0: That's true. No, no doubt about it. And, yeah, boy, that Vanover kid, he had a rough one, didn't he? Good Lord, he, he I almost was the, felt bad for him at a certain point.
1: Uh, they kept talking about how he how he was a ball handler and how he could step out, and I I kept seeing him step out, but I didn't see him get anywhere close. Those were those shots were not close. Well, I mean, he only played twenty minutes. They I think they realized in the second half, not
0: his night, but he managed to get up eleven shots in those twenty minutes and missed every single one of them. But I at least he, he made four free throws.
1: I think he committed that foul that you're talking about on Xavier Pinson. The one I that think they you're said. Right. So maybe they called it on the floor because he just didn't <laughs> he get off jumped. the floor. Yeah. So so do you have defenders on the floor?
0: Yeah. Well, when you're 7'3", I guess I guess you don't have to worry about that too
1: much. Did but you see the Antlers The antlers tweet about him? I did not. They, they showed, uh, it said <laughs> God creating Vanover's arms and legs, and there was some guy just on the rack, like the mini torture like, rack, yeah, stretching him out.
0: That's funny. Well, yeah, I felt a little bad for that kid, but you know what? You know when you won't feel bad, Blake, if you go to betonline.ag, because here's the thing. This is the only place that we trust and that has you covered at the Locked On Podcasting Network for all the bets you can possibly need. And Blake, you're going to enjoy this. Seriously, all of you listening to this should take advantage of this offer. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code On, and you will get a 50% Welcome bonus, not too shabby, right? So you say you buy in for two hundred dollars. Well, guess what? An extra hundred dollars is going to show up in your account, courtesy of the Locked On Podcast Network and BetOnline.ag. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On for your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And Blake, quite honestly, if you've been following me on Twitter, I give these guys a lot of shout-outs because... They're on fire right now. Like their locks are killing it. So hey, you get free money with BetOnline.ag. Heck, you listen to Locked On Bets. You're practically getting some free money too. Yeah, those
1: are free picks.
0: That's right. No doubt about it. Yeah, it's all for free to subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. But you know what? We got to talk a little bit about. I'm surprised we haven't really brought up Jeremiah Tillman yet. I was waiting. I was waiting for. He's it. absolutely. He absolutely crushed it yesterday. What did you think about his
1: game? Uh, I was. It was amazing. I mean, he did. I got he got me to my feet five or six times just thunderous dunks. I mean he was just loving it. every single dunk too, authority, two-handed. Um, started the game with that great, you know, pick that and roll alley Yep. He did it again in the second half too.
0: Yeah, that seemed to get him going a little yeah. bit. It seemed to get his energy up or something.
1: Yeah, I think he he might have seen a soft target with that uh, Vanover kid yeah. and just decided he was just going to have a day and just have his way with it. He really him. did. I mean, his his touch around the basket is is getting really good to me. He had a there was a run out, I think, where he got the ball. He, he was a little late getting it to him, but he still managed to finish softly off the kind of a scoop off the backboard. I don't right. know if you can remember that one. But he just gathered himself well there and 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 made a layup that a lot of guys would have struggled to make whether or not they're 6'10". And, um, yeah, I mean, just was confident. He shot his free throws well yesterday. Yep. Um, didn't get any fouls. I mean, he never he never had to leave the game for foul trouble. You know, he was able to play. Which was huge because yeah. he was
0: the best player in the game, obviously. I mean, Pinson was really good, too. But, yeah, and, and speaking of Pinson, you know, I think I think maybe our best offense right now, I think we may have figured it out at the end of that Bradley game. Give Xavier Pinson the ball, basically let him drive toward Jeremiah Tillman's man and put that guy in a bind. Because here's the thing, Pinson's got such a great first step. He's going to put help defenders in a bind and guess what if you want to dump it off to somebody you want to dump it off to Tillman so I really think all of our penetrators would be well served to kind of keep that in the back of your mind if you're going to drive to the hole look for Tilly just drive toward his man put that guy in a bind I'm telling you if you get a step that's what I'd be thinking about doing because obviously Tilly our best finisher around the basket
1: yeah it happened a couple times I think um Pickett did that one time. He drove in there and drew the drew the defender and a little nice bounce pass to Tilly for a dunk. And I think Bugs took advantage of that one yep. time. So yeah, I agree. Everybody that attacks the rim, be aware. If they slide over, throw the ball up. He'll go get it. Yeah, for sure. No and, doubt uh, about it. Yeah, throw it up too. That he gets a he he gets he gets should get more credit for his hands because they, they put a lot of low bounce passes on him and, and for the most part he does real well but sometimes you know, it's it's a different situation, but I'm six four and we're for, forced to play in the post. <laughs> a right. lot of a lot sure. of the games I have played, and you know, I hated getting low passes, and I'm only six four. Mean, he's six ten. Yeah. Sure, it's it's even harder to get down for him. I'm sure. No, I, so. yeah,
0: and I'm like right between the two of you, and I obviously I played a lot of posts in high school, and yeah, no doubt about it. If you're gonna throw me a hard pass that's close, I, I'm probably three times more likely to have a clean catch if it's at my face or above than versus down at my waist or something. It's just – it's so much harder, I think, for anybody, but especially the, the taller you are, it seems. But.
1: They did a good job yesterday, I think, too, of not throwing bad passes or, like, the the bad lobs that they try sometimes when they try to force it into them. You know, it sure. gets out of position or, or their turnovers. So I thought the the entry passes yesterday were were pretty clean for the most part. Um, and, yeah, Pinson attacking the basket is always a good thing. Pickett did a good job yesterday driving – Poor guy just can't. I mean, he had three or four just open threes, yep. a great passes and
0: yeah, just couldn't quite yeah, he definitely had some open ones that he just couldn't quite knock down that. In theory are good shots, but again, if you can't knock it down, maybe you're open for a reason and I think maybe Kobe Brown has finally figured out that he was open for a reason at times. He didn't take a 3 yesterday. Only played 14 minutes. I was obviously in foul
1: trouble. I was going to mention he he, I, he had a good game especially in the beginning of I mean, the first half and he got in the foul trouble, but he was I mean, he, he was a big reason for the prior second best player in the first half i thought he was on the offensive glass he had a couple good drives and finishes um and he he does that he sneaks in there on the offensive rebounds quite a bit and comes down with those and he's pretty good at finishing under the rim when he gets those too.
0: yeah bill raftery really liked uh kobe brown for whatever reason he was focusing on him a lot but but speaking of raftery at one point I think second half or after he said, you know, I think Arkansas I'm, – I'm paraphrasing here. I think Arkansas really needs to ugly the game up here to have a chance. I'm like, wait, it hasn't been ugly so far? They're shooting like 27% from the floor, and there's been 9 million fouls called. We have
1: 20 turnovers. I mean, do you, how much, <laughs> right. how much how uglier much do, you want? do you I want I was to say,
0: debate. Yeah, frankly, speaking of ugly, it wasn't the best game for Mark Smith. You know, we need to talk a little bit about him. But first, a word, of course – from our title sponsor, and that is Built Bar. And here's the thing with Build Bar. You know the twelve original flavors, but they've got six new ones as well, including my favorite dad joke of all time, Cherry Barcia. Yes, that's right. Not one play on words wasn't good enough. We had to go with a play on a play on a play on words. So cherry barcia, you know it's my favorite thing in the history of Build Bar, but here's the thing. These things, no matter what flavor you like, these bars are great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These things are low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. So go to buildbar.com, use the promo code On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 20% off at buildbar.com. Well, I guess we have the flat ball that we can use for an excuse for at least the the first part of the game. But I tell you, one of the first notes I took yesterday watching that game was Mark Smith looks lost. I mean, he just he had he could he was fumbling the ball. His first his first three pointer was an air ball. He just looked like he had completely lost confidence. But you know what? Late he did hit a couple big threes. So. What do you think? Because he maybe found it back? What, what what do we make of Mark Smith so far? Because it's been a really up and down season in terms of extremes of performances.
1: Yeah, um, the when his three point shot's not falling, I think it, it throws off everything he does. And then you can it, it's almost like he can tell when he when he doesn't have the three point shot, and he decides I should drive. But he drives and he just sort of puts his head down and just goes. So he he sort of it looks like he's he's not driving in there to create and, and pass. He's driving in there he's going to get a shot up. Particularly on the on the weird flailing thing you saw he got he went in there and just tried to get fouled and it, he tried right. to sell that like a soccer player absolutely that ball was poked at he threw his hands up and got tangled up and I guess it worked out because we got a foul call but it could have just as easily been a foul on him uh, for a you know for the takedown in the arm bar um, but yeah he he was like was is it fools is it which is the real mark smith is it the 48% shooter as a freshman by the way i noticed they showed torrence watson's career stats yesterday and he averaged like 8 points as a freshman right and he's down to like 1 point now right. it's like remember when he could shoot yeah he but, barely even plays now yeah he, um but yeah so mark smith i think you know game 3 going into the oregon game he was shooting 48% or something like that maybe it was 52% i don't know something like but just been you know as the games have gotten bigger it's it's dropped and um, it seems like he's a lot of times he'll have that open three that's like a big momentum moment and it just it doesn't go. You know, it'll be close but it doesn't go. Um so it means he wearing down again. Remember I know a lot was made going into the season about how he had his bounce back, you know, and he was dunking right. and he was sure you know, his his he was fresh and had had you know taken it easy yeah. and done everything correctly to get ready for it. I mean,
0: he had one that one I can't remember which game it was. Earlier this year he had that nice little lob play, a little one handed Right-handed dunk there on a – that was a highlight reel for sure. That showed his newfound bounce, I guess you could say. Yeah, but
1: is that – I mean, it doesn't seem like that's been a part of his game the last right. couple of weeks. So is it – I mean, is it the wear and tear of, a you know, the basketball season being in full swing or, or yeah, you know, what what is it?
0: You know, I just think – I think the problem is I think ultimately – when his three-point shot isn't going, I just don't know that his handle is good enough for him to take advantage of of this newfound, you know, bounce that he's got. His body's feeling great. It just seems like his handle's still too loose to me, like regardless of the flat ball or whatever. I mean, he had eight turnovers yesterday. Like, that is absolutely hurting. I didn't realize it was eight personal turnovers. Yeah, and he's not a lead ball handler either. Like, that's just – that's unacceptable. I mean, you, you can't do that. I mean, Missouri obviously had 21. That's That's a bad number, but, again, and, 14 of them were from Drew Smith and Mark Smith. So, yeah, Drew had six himself. Some and, of those are and, on offensive and fouls. Yeah, and but limited,
1: limited minutes, too, for Drew. Yeah, only
0: 27, but, yeah. Um, so
1: Yeah, I we, back to what you were talking about earlier with the offense that seems to work. And I, I think we do need to – you know, Pinson needs to attack and, and look for Tillman and, and go off. And I think we – I don't think that Mark Smith should be the focus of the offense. I know he was our leading scorer earlier, and you know he was he was putting up twenty two seventeen on these great. Shoots. You can still have those games because if you know if we're attacking and collapsing the defense, he's going to be open and and give him better shots. But I don't I don't think I don't think you look for Mark Smith to be option one when you go down the court at this point.
0: Yeah, if anything, I want to see him be more on the weak side, just. Being the guy, if if we're gonna swing the ball all the way around and get an open shot, you want it to be him getting it instead of yeah, get, Kobe Brown. Get him in theory, those picket. But, get him those
1: picket looks. Put right. him put him there and get him. You know, get him open. I mean, if you're a shooter and you want to get right, get open. Sure, open baseline threes. You know, that's the easiest shot right. in, in basketball, right? So, I mean, that's yeah. Get him, put him in that role. I think, and you know, Pickett and Kobe Brown can because I think they're at, at this time more effective driving to the basket than for than sure he is so. Yeah, I think I think that's a good a good strategy.
0: Yeah, actually, no, I actually think Kobe. Not only is he a yeah, he's a good finisher, good strong player around the rim. Maybe not the most you know explosively athletic, but just because he has a stronger handle, I think he's able to get away with more in the paint. He's a really Mark good. Does at there's times. some. Yeah. He's
1: got some ability to to spin and dodge and get to the basket. Have you noticed that? Right. Like he just because he's he's a big kid and he can mm-hmm. kind of just put his back on him and like roll off him and up and under and. Um, he, he just has a kind of a sneaky way to get in there. It's funny because when he does it too, you can you can tell he's really pleased with himself. And he'll make <laughs> yeah, right. that basket. He'll come run him down the court like, "Ooh, got him, got him!" I, I like that kid, man. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see a couple more years of Kobe Brown.
0: You know his his brother, his younger brother Caleb, who's coming here next year, has a lot of that in him too. He's a big guy with a strong ball handle too. I mean, he's even he's even more of a perimeter oriented, even stronger of a ball handler, I think, than his brother. But yeah, the similarities are are definitely we're there need some,
1: we're gonna need some ball handling next year
0: no doubt about it yeah because it sounds like yeah i mean well at times we played all three point guards down the stretch there you know to, to close out the game which i think is an effective wrinkle by the way they're all good ball handlers all good shooters and i'm talking about pinson drew smith and drew bugs of course but yeah they're all going to be gone next year so we're certainly going to need some ball handling Pins and not for sure. Not for sure. You're right. He's only a junior. Well, technically, this whole team could come back if they wanted to, but, yeah, I, I don't know. By the way, speaking of that, since since we brought that up, a lot of football players coming back next year. Now Keel Byers coming back, Markel Utzi, a couple defensive linemen there, and, and one more name I'm forgetting here. Let me check my notes. Oh, who am I forgetting about? Ah, oh, linebacker Jamal Brooks. There you go. So, quite candidly, I've been surprised by how many guys are taking advantage of this free season. I figured Grant McInnis would the punter. He's only really had one year as a starter, certainly at Missouri. But man, all these guys coming back. What, what do you make of that? Isn't that surprising? And, yeah, my in a positive Eddie. way. My yeah, the Center too. Absolutely, that'll,
1: that'll be his sixth year of college football. Incredible, right? Um, yeah, it's, I think it's uh, you know it's a couple things. It's guys that feel like maybe next year they'll they'll have a chance to have the spotlight on them a little more, um, and in and, and hopefully a season that's that's more normal. You know, and they won't be missing games in and out with all this stuff going on, and, and it probably speaks to the, the culture. I think that, it definitely does that Eli's created. So they they think they're building something, and they want to be a part of it. If Kobe Whitesides comes back, then I have to get a I have to get a shout out for that because remember I called that earlier. The-
0: I think didn't he say he was coming back?
1: Did he say he's back? I, I don't know if it's
0: official, but I, I'm pretty sure he did. I, I I probably even said it in the show, and I, I can't remember what I ate for lunch, so that that's my problem. But, but.
1: yeah, um, that you know that defensive line. If it's if it's all back and it's all healthy, and I know that they've that's been a, a big focus in recruiting too. They've got a lot of guys coming in along the line, so you would think that we could put together a, a pretty solid front next year with with returning starters and, and you know and talented kids coming. Yeah, in. Yeah,
0: there's a couple a uh, couple four star defensive ends coming in, Travion Ford, Kyron Montgomery. So yeah, you've got some bodies there. I, I just just to have that depth alone is huge because obviously that, that's something Missouri struggled with depth on the defensive line all season. Partially because of the weird season, but partially because they just flat out had depth issues. So, be interesting to see which Trey Williams would have came back to. But what are you going to do? <laughs> we'll <laughs>
1: least, see you down the road, buddy. At least we'll get Trajan back, right?
0: I, I, sounds like it. Sounds like it. I wonder. If, I can't even, I don't even know what his uh, eligibility is as far as the NFL draft or anything. I mean, it seems like he'd be a potential pick this year, possibly. So, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about him not coming back. So, I, I assume he's going to at this point. I have to assume it. So, anyway, I think that'll about do it for this episode of Locked on Mizzou. So, thanks for joining us, as always. And we will see you next time, right here on Locked on Mizzou.